Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantom of the Silver Screen podcast, where we talk about horror-related content, both wholesome and unwholesome, but I prefer wholesome. And there's not that much of it out there, except for today, because we're talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? The 90s classic, wholesome, for kids horror show that sometimes gets a little spooky if you add a sprinkle of nostalgia. Today's episode is season four, episode 13, titled The Tale of Train Magic. I am one third of your host, Jumby, and I'm joined by the other third. Rip. Mm -hmm. What's up, everyone? That's right. Are you for the dark? The tale of train magic. If, if you're playing along with us, everyone, we guessed it was Gary, and there were certain guesses thrown around about what this episode would be about. Um, we kind of honed in on the fact that it might be just somebody got on a train and it just didn't stop at their stop. Nothing scarier than that, and mm-hmm. they had to figure out a way out, or. Uh, and it definitely had nothing to do with uh, eating grasshoppers and crickets. I have just never gotten over that movie, <laughs> Snowpiercer, and everything reminds me of it. And I don't like the movie per se, but I always find myself talking about it. Whenever I see a train, I, it has to be that. Yeah. I think the obvious answer would have been ghost trains. <laughs> yeah. Which is the other prediction, but mm-hmm. it uh, we were kind of right. I mean, the idea of it was correct, just not the overall story, which is, does anybody really keep track of that? I don't know. I do. <laughs> so, but we were wrong. It wasn't Gary. It was our good old friend, Frank, who comes in playing a... Train noises on a boombox. <laughs> that was super nineties and very, very, very frank. With uh, I, I liked seeing that. I'm, I'm, I stand by saying that this is a Gary story. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gary did what he did for Tucker in one of the earlier episodes, where Tucker's like, I, I'm, I'm drawing blanks. I don't know what to do. Except it was Frank this time. He's like, dude, Gary, dude, dude. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, I really want to impress Sam. All right, she's my girl, by the way, and I don't know what to do. And she was having a Gary's... panic attack. You saw that shit? She was like pacing mm-hmm. around, like, "Where is he? What... Where's Why Frank? Is he here? Oh Why is he here? Oh my god!" Maybe there is something between her and Frank. Well, Jumby, I hope there is. We will never know because this was Frank's last episode. What? Yes, that was Frank. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Yes. This is the saddest story ever. <laughs> It is Frank's last episode. Spoilers. <laughs> what did he leave for? Uh, I know they didn't fire him. I don't know. I don't know. He just... This is the 90s, so like he didn't get canceled or anything. It's just like <laughs> he probably just wanted to go to school or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it was the 90s. Maybe he was too old. <laughs> <laughs> True. No, but, I, was, uh... I guess we'll never, we'll never know why he left, but. It was, Man, that sucks. Yeah. Tired of people leaving. 
Yeah. But this first we lost David. And then we lost what's her name? Kristen. <laughs> David Kristen and don't forget our favorite Eric. Oh my god, Eric. The forgettable. Hmm. I really was gonna say David Kristen and then Frank. I I completely forgot <laughs> about Eric. <laughs> Damn, that's so sad. I'm gonna yeah. miss Frank. He was a great part of the show, the mean bully archetype. I wonder how they're gonna replace that in season five because I don't really remember the cast much in <laughs> season five. We'll see. Um, but good this... old Betty better be there. So that means the tale, of the Cutter's treasure, was the last appearance of. Uh... Dr. Vink. Unless they keep his memory alive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always hope. Gary might do it one day. He's like, a good friend told me about this character and I'm including him. Man, that's so good. Then that means there's no more hopes of Zebo showing up either. <laughs> Zebo was better yet. <laughs> I, but it has Dr. Vink in it. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. Yes. It's him. It's in disguise. Don't let it fool you. Mm-hmm. That's like getting tricked by Pennywise whenever he turns into one of the other monsters. Like, that wasn't Pennywise. That was some weird leper. <laughs> so, DJ Mikhail has said that this is one of his favorite episodes. Do you think it lived up to the hype, Jumby? Favorite episodes? Well, it's one of the more depressing episodes because Frank is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the story itself was nice. It was a cute story, but I feel like this res- resonates with a very specific type of person. Hmm. All right, Rip. It re- it resonates. By the way, I'm Jumpy. He's Rip. Uh, <laughs> it resonates with the type of kid who played with tra- trains, hmm. like as a as a child, and they had little train sets, and they would paint their little trains and put it on the tracks and make it go in circles. The type of kid that doesn't exist anymore because of technology yes and i think maybe dj McHale was that type of kid he played with trains as a little boy and this resonates heavily with him and his imagination when he was playing with those trains and that's why it's his favorite episode because other than that it's not a super scary episode it's a well-told story but i it doesn't really resonate with me too much hmm. it's it had it, it kind of it wasn't a straight line and it kind of veered off. And we'll talk about it, but mm-hmm. it just um, it's just in, like it it probably time crunch probably got in the way of it from what they were trying to say and tell. But... I think time crunch gets in the way of every Ari <laughs> for the Dark episode. <laughs> I think they pump these things out in two days because <laughs> uh, it always has the reoccurring like. And then this happened and fixed the problem, but how did we know that was going to work? <laughs> and and just... uh, most episodes have it, and this one's no different. And the idea of train magic, right? Train magic, what was it? Just like Christmas magic. It just makes me think of that for some reason. Because <laughs> uh, you're thinking of that uh, well, Polar Express. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it definitely, train magic just felt like a long way to say that the train tracks are haunted which reminds me of a very good episode of hey arnold oh man that was so good i love that episode the one with the train 
the haunted and the tracks yeah it was so good the idea of a ghost train is like a very old folklore thing that existed as long as trains were around um i know it is because the historical documents of red dead redemption 2 has an actual (laughs) ghost train in it and that was in the 1800s late 1800s 1899 all right and that ain't no lie hey we could go into detail of uh, how much labor went into the What's the most obscure reference you can make? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go into that. I want to stay happy. (laughs) We can go into the deepest. What's the most obscure, like, television reference or media reference of a ghost train that you can think of? I I threw out Red Dead Redemption 2. I went with video games. What else can you think? Oh, I said the Herald one. There we go. Another one. There's a ghost train in the seemingly four hour long intro to kingdom hearts 2 in twilight town they <laughs> reference a ghost train there's a, was real. the gorillas the the band yeah have a song called ghost train it's a very good song that is a great rabbit hole to fall down if you start watching the gorillas music videos in order since there's like an actual story to it and you can follow the plot <laughs> and characters change and die and do all these different things if you haven't done that Check out the Gorillaz music videos in order <laughs> and watch the story. Fun. Yes. I always I always knew they had there was they always felt connected in some way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the tail train magic. Now, a couple things to note here that I liked was that for, uh when Frank wasn't there yet, they were they were saying, Oh, did he get grounded again? And that would have been like so that signifies or hints that he's been grounded before and hasn't shown up to tell his own story. So in season five he's just grounded. (laughs) That's why he's not there no more. And then Tucker referenced the fact that he he didn't want to come here he probably didn't want to come here alone because he's afraid of the dark. Yeah, he is. He's the reason the show exists. Why is he gone? Yeah and the fact it's his fear. Yes, he was the first one. He was the initiation. Damn, that hurts. And Guys, David, this is where right? Are You Afraid of the Dark ends. <laughs> David's the one who brought him in. I Just kidding, season that. five has some bangers. Hmm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Sam was being impatient. It felt, it felt very like um, she. it felt very cutesy and like she wanted him to be there as opposed to her like wanting like oh no everything needs to be at this certain time he he said five o'clock and it's not five o'clock it's six o'clock and but it it felt the other way like oh frank is in here and i want to hang out with frank why isn't he here but Mm. uh frank when he gets there he tells her to relax because not everyone runs on the same schedule as you another train reference very on brand (laughs) i like when they when they seemingly mess up like they arrive late or they i don't know they walk into a situation that's going on and they tie it into their story i like when they do that it makes him feel like he was late on purpose even though gary knows he damn well was not late on purpose (laughs) all right he just can't get his ass up on time (laughs) oh Uh, man I'm still bummed out that that this is his last episode. Yeah, I who's who's Gary gonna challenge? 
Gary's just going to be the top dog. Nobody's there to challenge him. Yeah. Tucker? <laughs> Push over. See that? Betty Ann, I guess. <laughs> She's above Gary, but. But, um, let's see. So Frank sits on the storyteller chair, and his story is about trains, but not just about trains. It's, it's about wanting something really bad. So bad that it's all you think about, and nothing else matters. But when you finally get close to it, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. That you've got to watch out, because that light could be on the front of a very of front of a big old train coming straight at you, and it might have no place to run. Come on, ride the train. You ride it. That should have been on the boombox. <laughs> the ending credits. That song was so good. He grabbed the midnight dust from the midnight pouch, threw it into the midnight fire, submitted proof for the last fire. midnight time. <laughs> submitted for the approval of the midnight society. He calls the story the tale of trade magic. All right. Tale train magic. We got our protagonist, uh, Tim. <laughs> I forget Tim. Tim. Timmy. Tim. Tim. I thought you said him for a second. I was like, it's, "Is this Powerpuff Girls?" It's him. It's Tim. Hello. Yeah. I don't know if that's offensive. Powerpuff Girls villain him. Well, I mean, it might be right. Nah. I don't know. I can't remember. Craig McCracken can't. Well, I can't remember if it was offensive. I mean, I don't know if people would find it offensive. Hmm. I can't think of it right now. It's been a while. So, Frank goes on to explain that Tim. Uh, has been like he loves trains because his dad was a conductor of a train but unfortunately his dad passed not that long ago and his love for his train started becoming an obsession and this is a little boy he's like at least 10 and him and his brother are just uh, going through that I guess but he wasn't into, like, his brother was into sports and other t- activities and, like, going out. But Tim, Tim wasn't into that. I like that there's a brother duo. I feel like um, Frank doesn't have siblings. And Frank really wants to form, he has, like, this brotherly bond with both Gary and Tucker, but I think he really, really loves Tucker. Like he's his little brother. Cause wow. this, this um, was written like it's Frank and Tucker, but they're actually related. Well, cause the older brother is kind of gruff and the younger brothers. T- like, here's a, here's a little know. bit of trivia for you, for you. Yeah. He has said in another episode that he has an older brother. Frank. Yeah. So Frank's the Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> he's and ten. Frank's persona is just putting up a tough front because he has an older brother who he thinks is cool, so he's emulating him. Maybe that's cute. We've seen Frank's real life brother in an episode. Why don't they re- <laughs> imagine if they recast him? Is that guy? <laughs> it's like, hey, Frank, you look a little different today. Wink, wink. <laughs> and then he comes in. He's like, I'm here. All right, get used to it. Just like when they replace Rhodes in Iron Man Two. No, in Beer Fest, 
when their teammate and friend died <laughs> and then his cousin who's like identical to him is like <laughs> it's like just joins the team it's like, the same character exact it's like yeah and if you want to you could just use my name like call me his name as <laughs> as like a commemoration or mm-hmm. whatever like sure it's like nothing ever happened <laughs> now we don't have to feel <laughs> they move on yeah. <laughs> that was great man broken lizard like the first three movies that I saw of them were great, which is Club Dude, Dread. Don't rewatch them. Beer Fest and they State were a Troopers. time and place. I just wish they kept like with that energy, you know. I remember really loving the Club Dread one, which is oh, yeah. actually sounds like we talk about because like it is a horror property technically, like it's a comedy <laughs> horror. But I remember watching it and being like more scared than I was <laughs> laughing. They, but I was also really young when I saw it. They really wanted it to be more horror than comedy. Like, they were really shooting for that. I was scared. I was like, I'm afraid. Where is he going to be? <laughs> like, he pops out of nowhere. It's a good It's a good I- idea. Like, instead of writing, and I think that's where a lot of things fail. It's like, let's write a comedy with horror properties. But they're like, no, let's write the horror property. And then we'll throw in our jokes in there. And I think that works better. In my opinion. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. But Club I Dread. think... What? Nothing. I just <laughs> like Club Dread, and I want to talk about it. But we can't, because we haven't watched it. We will. Recently. We will. Oh, I did. <laughs> I remember feeling like that Club Dread was... Uh, I remember feeling like Club Dread was very similar to... Um, What's it called? The one with Je- Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, th- I know what you did last summer. Yeah. I just had, I don't know why I linked those two things in my mind, but one of the sequels to I know what you did last summer, which all have hilarious names, by the way, and we're going <laughs> to cover those one day as soon as I can get ripped to, to do what I want. Um, <laughs> Cause they're all just like, I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. I remember, or I always know what you did last summer. They're all <laughs> super stupid. My favorite is um, uh, one of them took place in the beach resort. I remember that at some mm. point, and it reminds me of Club Dread. That's funny. Yeah, well, that was like one of the first scary movies I ever seen. Is I know what you did last summer. That's why I like it scared me, and then maybe that made this movie, um, Club Dread, even more scary. If you haven't seen Club Dread, the best, the best part about that film is um, what's his name, Coconut Pete. I love Coconut Pete. Oh my gosh. Oh, Bill Paxton's Coconut Pete is the best. And he really makes that movie. <laughs> son of a son of a bitch. Mother, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Train magic. Uh, Inspired so, by Club Dread. <laughs> uh, so... Tim is really into trains and he was already into trains before his father passed. But now this obsession, it's clear that that's his last connection with his father. Right. And mm-hmm. there's that one point where Hank kind of screams at him because he's like, oh, I see ghost trains. There's a conductor after me and um, no one believes me. And Hank's like, dude, you sound fucking bananas. Dad is gone and he's not coming back. You have to get over it. I was, this got dark. <laughs> and then Tim kind of just stays quiet and he's like, 
You don't believe me, do you? <laughs> but uh, and we know this; these are his real feelings because there's scenes where he's by himself and he's like, "I'm gonna have to have this kid committed. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Not at what's end." Hey. He turned into Mark Wahlberg for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. What I mean, it re- like this story really is about Tim going through, um, dealing with the emotions of his father, but. Uh, the obsession that Frank talks about, right, is that he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps, but it felt like he only wanted to do that, not in memory of his father, but like, because that's what his, um, that, that was his last connection to his father. And the story really went into the fact that that shouldn't be your reason. Do it because you love it, not because it reminds you of somebody that you used to love. Right, and mm. his obsession with this caused this "quote unquote" train magic, which is uh, a conductor coming in and showing him a nice shiny watch and telling him it's your, it's his, it's yours. If <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and he gives him like a little train set at some point later on to put on his like a, a little train model um first so that he can put on his train set and this transports him inside the train to like i don't know what this the 60s the train um train 713 where the conductor is there the conductor he met he his name is ray lawson and now this whole scene is like the polar express if Tom Hanks was trying to trap you on the train. <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly like the Polar Express. I thought that came out of nowhere. I thought this was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good guy, but then all of a sudden he's like, and I want you to live here, boy, and I want to leave. <laughs> yeah, it just felt weird. <laughs> just like... It did feel weird. And I think they were riding the Polar Express, and then they're like, wait, this has to be scary. Yes. And they <laughs> They flipped it at the last second. Like, we'll, we'll make that into a movie or something. Let's focus on mm-hmm. this. <laughs> but it, it all, it all, they, there was something similar to this that we watched. What was it? And Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, um, they see like ghosts from the past or something. It was a bunch uh, of them. <laughs> there's a bunch. There's one that was in a Eric bowling Matthews alley one. that I like. And there's the Eric Matthews one. Yeah. Hey, you're right. There is a bunch of one because that's not <laughs> even the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> one i was thinking of was like the their babysitter was taking them somewhere and they were like the world's worst kids to babysit and then like there's this house and the and oh. the bad guy got defeated by a light breeze oh yeah the the house incarnate <laughs> yeah that was very funny it reminded me of that this whole like you know these ghosts who are there but they're not really acknowledging the fact that they're stuck perpetually in yeah. this scenario and that's what it is these these are ghosts on a train, on a ghost train, that are there permanently and they're forever bounded to, like, to to go through the same thing that, mm-hmm. um, that you know, that happened on the day, which is yeah. when the- Tim goes to talk to his friend Cap, mm-hmm. he, uh, which is, an, uh, an, who was a friend of his father's, um, and I think Cap was a, he... He works at the train station on maintenance and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so when Tim talked to him about train uh, 
Seven. I, I'm I'm shocked that that guy that uh, the character you're talking about now, Cap. Yeah. Was his name? Cap. That Cap didn't end up being a ghost. <laughs> Wait, I could have swore that that's what that was going to be the twist, where it's just like, like he knows all these things about trains. He's always super friendly. You all see him working on the tracks, even though trains are coming in. Like, um, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, and he's a ghost, hmm. a good ghost. Yeah, but that would, it wasn't so. <laughs> no, that's actually his father's friend, but that you know, it's still working on maintenance and all that stuff. But like. Tim talked to him about Train 713, and he was just, oh, this is my favorite scene. It was just like, he, he gives him the history. He's like, look, the the tracks by your house don't run anymore because there was, in the, old, in the olden days, so even before this time, you had to manually do a switch, right? Uh, and to do that, you had to, as a conductor, you had to, you had to go out and grab a message, a hand message. Somebody wrote down um, the switch. Say, go do this switch. And then you're supposed to grab it while the train is still running. The conductor missed this and he ended up crashing the train and there were no survivors. Right. And now he's trying to escape. <laughs> Yeah, That's that selfish son of a gun. And when Tim and then Tim was like, "Oh wow!" Like, uh, he's like, "The train was seven thirteen and he's like, "Oh wow!" Like Ray Lawson never told me this, and he's like, "Wait, where'd you hear that name, boy?" And he's Don't like, say that. <laughs> no, you go on, get out of here. You go, go play baseball. Go play baseball. And I'm like, that was an that overreaction. Was... What an impression. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> oh. I was just like that was an overreaction and like he's like oh yeah Ray Lawson Ray Lawson boy get get out of here and <laughs> I was like you didn't have to do that man you could have just been like oh okay but he got mad yeah and then the cap out of love it was like tough love yeah he's like, scared for him like you shouldn't be hanging around here we're not even the same age an old man hanging around a young boy no one wants to see that mm-hmm. but well I mean. They're friends, but I guess he's his dad's friend, so that makes a lot more sense to me. When I was watching the episode, I was like, what is it about these old properties where it's just like a kid and this random adult are friends? Like, mm-hmm. Back to the Future and this and like a bunch of other stuff. I was just like, why was that a trend? That, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing about ghosts that I learned from the Harry Potter series, and then I apply to every ghost I see from any property now is that like they're stuck in the moment for what they were feeling and who they were as a person and all of the traumas and problems and mental anguish that they had at that time they have it forever they can't really grow as people Mm -hmm. so in the harry potter series they like outlined this in various ways throughout the story but it's like if you were sad about something You'll never like not be sad about it as a ghost because yeah. you don't have the opportunity to be alive and grow and get some distance between it and you feel better about it over time. You, you never will. You just always be sad about it. Mm-hmm. So these people come came on the train and they were very, you know, fussy about everyone having their tickets and it being fair. And if you sneak on the train, then I'm going to have a big Karen like fit about it. <laughs> and they're stuck like that forever. 
Because <laughs> they can't just not care about it anymore, even though all this time went by. They're stuck caring about it. And that seems like like hell to me. <laughs> they can't get over the urge of being like hoity-toity about people not paying for the train ticket. Where's his ticket? <laughs> <laughs> They'll always care about that. Yeah. That sucks. Ed Tim's been in, like, when he when he goes into the train back when he hallucinated before he met Cap. That's when mm-hmm. Ray Cap um that's when Ray Lawson, the conductor, wants to give him the watch. And you can tell that like it's one of those things that he can't switch places or he can't leave the train unless he gives the watch away. Which I think mm-hmm. in itself is like some kind of symbolism. Like he has to he's forever Wait, bound to be an a conductor and the only way for him to get off this or like to to be to free, give away the watch. It's to for yeah, because every how do con- how do we learn that? Because he keeps saying that every con- every conductor needs a watch, right? A good is that all? Watch. And yeah, <laughs> okay, so that's that's a leap. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's what this podcast. Well, is about. How do you escape? Just gonna give me. Does one of the passengers be like, if I can just give away my left shoe, I can get out of here? No, the passengers are screwed. <laughs> yeah, but he's not because he caused the. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> well, I mean, the switch. So on the train. Also, wait. Mm-hmm. Going on, going back to my like idea with the ghosts and they can't change who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, evil ghosts shouldn't be a thing unless you're an evil person. So I think this guy came on the train ready to screw people <laughs> over. <laughs> and that's what happened. They all died, but he just never let that go. He's I like, just, all right. I don't I understand. People, I, I can still do more. I can trick this kid. I just, I don't understand why he was evil. I just don't understand that part. <laughs> He's like, evil as a ghost. He was evil as a man. Because he doesn't like, seem bro. like, he doesn't seem sad that he did that. He's like, oh, here we go again. Every yeah. night, we're going to crash. I think he wanted to do this. <laughs> he just didn't think he'd get caught in the crossfire. So, so, uh, what was it? So, the cap heads over to the train tracks, right? Mm-hmm. And he confronts Ray Lawson. He's like, you, you like leave the boy alone. And, He's like, nah, he's a conductor. He, this is what he wants. I'm going to give it to him. He's like, no, you leave the poor boy alone. And then Ray Lawson brings down the, the watch. He's like, nah, why don't you ride the train with me? And then the cap gets hypnotized. A train shows up out of nowhere. The cap gets on the train, and the train disappears. And Tim goes running. He's like, no, bring cap back. Bring cap back. And nothing. So he goes home. This is where he has the conversation with Hank. Hank goes just like, get over our father's death. And he's like, no. He's like, <laughs> Come what on. do you have to do? See a therapist or something? <laughs> Not like, in the 90s. Jeez. <laughs> so, um, Have you tried sucking it up? Oh, and by the way, this conversation happened because Hank was excited. Because he got the new video game, Zeebo's Big House. I knew Frank would throw in a nice gem like that, <laughs> even though it's Betty Ann's story. It's a Frank story. So, Vink is in there. <laughs> Tim tells Hank that the cap is stuck in the, the train and the ghost train. And he's like, no, you're crazy. And then he shows him the model train that he got from Ray Lawson. And he's like, look, 
Cap's in there and he's like, how'd you do that? That's a really good, that looks just like Cap. He's like, no, it's a ghost train. And then they have the conversation and then eventually. Hank's is such a bozo thing to do, such a zero thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, last time I saw Cap, he was a lot bigger. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, are you listening right now? Like, it is, I don't know. He was just so frustrating. So He wouldn't listen to anything. And Tim's, Tim's freaking out because the train is going to crash and Hank's in there and... Hank may die. No, no, Hank. Uh, Cap's in there, and the Cap may die. So eventually, um, brings up something else I want to talk. <laughs> Hank is like, "All right, fine. Let's. I'll, I'll humor you, right?" So he never believes it until yeah. the very last second. By the way, he's like muttering how he's gonna throw his his like <laughs> kid brother in the insane asylum as soon as he can, <laughs> stuff like that. As as yeah. <laughs> as he's doing whatever his brother wants. Because, you know, forget therapy. Just stick them in the asylum. That'll fix them. <laughs> Hank grows up to be bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hank, uh, so while Hank's doing this, uh, so Cap had explained that the switch is right by their house. And Hank, what Hank's going to do is uh, open the switch and maybe that'll save the train, right? Uh Tim goes back into his dreamlike state to enter the one. Well, no, like, yeah, he puts the train on the tracks, has a run, and he enters inside the train. Ray Lawson just becomes more evil, and he's like, here's your watch. Gives him the pocket watch. And Tim transforms into a conductor, and then Ray's like, I'm free. It's like his father. <laughs> um, and let's see. At this point, you know, so handing over the watch to transfer the curse was some like how did he learn that would work? What? Ray Lawson. How did he know that was gonna work? I I don't know. He was just Nobody compelled knows. to do it. Yeah, he's an evil spirit. Unless he went into this death trap of a train, knowing that this curse would be put upon everyone. And he had this specific plan in mind. How did he learn it? He's stuck on this train. There's no newspapers or anything coming in. How does he learn anything? I don't know, but he number two. Okay, breaking the watch breaks the curse. That's how this kid ends up getting out of it. But how did he know that was gonna work? How did he know the watch would just be unbreakable, or like his foot would go through it, or something stupid like that? I thought, I thought it was because Hank was finally able to. To pull the switch. Oh, that's part of it. Yeah, he changed the trajectory of the tracks. I thought it was... Didn't he also break the watch? He did. He stomps on it. And at the same time, Hank pulls the switch. So So it could be either thing. I don't know. Maybe it's both. Yeah. (laughs) Which, you know, imagine, okay, you can only do this. You can only get free if you time this perfectly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fuck that. Even though we're in the other realm where time doesn't matter. (laughs) By the way, this happens every day at 7.13 because... It's train 713. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody's ever noticed. Um, so, and the... Hank saw the ghost train, like, saw the ghost train as it was coming for him, and it disappears, and now Tim and Cap are both freed. And by the way, Cap wasn't responding to Tim when he was in the train until, like, the very end. <laughs> um, and this is another thing where I'm like, 
if the ghost is too old, I guess they can't survive because Cap and him are good, but the other people who are stuck on the train, <laughs> gone. And to this... the nether realm. So Tim and Cap are back with Hank. And Hank and Tim, yeah, t- Hank's like, how'd you guys get here so fast? And he's like, yeah, the ghost train, whatever. Um, mm. But Tim tells him, like, look, you did it. You switched the train track, which is what the conductor was supposed to do. And... um uh and you broke the curse and then he's like <laughs> oh what happened to the conductor and you just see the ghost of ray lawson walking mm. walking aimlessly like why jumpy why <laughs> ray lawson seems like he has a corporeal body like uh maybe he's not a ghost anymore Maybe he's just doomed to immortality, but he can only walk on train tracks. The fuck did he do? Okay, I get it. He he slept. No, he did. He caused this train crash while he was alive, planned it. All right. He did this on purpose because you have to stay the same as a ghost as you were alive. And he did it on purpose. He didn't think he'd get cursed for it, but he did. And then he found a way to break the curse. I don't know. Maybe he talked to a demon or something. Yeah, usually these stories are like, oh, I'm, I'm forever bound to this. And then we had to like undo his mistake in the present day so that the people of the past can move on. This dude didn't. This dude just wanted like revenge and wanted somebody else to take his place. It's like the whole story is that he never wanted to be a conductor in the first place. Knocked the fuck out because he was just didn't care a shit about his job. Well, he was a conductor for quite a long time. It's not <laughs> like he's 20 or anything. Like <laughs> And then he crashed the trade, and he's just, and instead of being like, okay, I got to do my job, he's still trying to pawn it off. Is but, it all, is also is it the conductor's fault? The train crashed. He he slept through when the switch was supposed to have. Okay, that that's it. That's all. And he's an old man. He fell asleep. No, I, he he pretended to fall asleep. In my theory, <laughs> he had to do it on purpose and now he's le- but it wasn't established that he was evil before so why is he evil now and there's no explanation for that i'm pretending that, he was evil before. Yeah, I, you have to because that's the only way you could not feel bad about this guy aimlessly wanting to change if it's tracks. not <laughs> if it's not true that he wasn't evil before why didn't all the other ghosts go evil <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and why, it, why weren't they like to have a seat with us sunny boy and then that, that would make sense maybe or like to to tim's expression um obsession it's like just because you love trains and it was something you bonded with your father with doesn't mean that you like should follow in his footsteps you may hate this and one day fall asleep on the job because you're not into this Hmm. well that brings the tale of frank to an end yeah everybody loved it yes as they should like Sam is looking around. She's like, cool story, cool story, huh? Like <laughs> looking at Kiki and being like, cool story, right? Man, Frank and Kiki can't even have any more nice moments together. Nobody's going to see Frank again. This is so sad. Does he come back for like the reboot? No. Damn. Just Tucker. Damn. Some fun facts here. The kid, all right? Some 90s facts, really, or early 2000s. The kid um who plays the main character in this one uh what was the kid's name again tim ray no 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 
What? What kid? Tim. Tim. Yeah, Tim. Tim is played by the same actor who's the star of Small Soldiers. Yeah, Small Soldiers. Yes. Uh, the 1990s classic where these little tiny action figures get military-grade weaponware, basically military-grade AI technology, and become sentient and fight each other and cause this big war. And it's really goofy and a lot of fun. Um, I got one for so, you. Uh, the guy who played Ray Lawson yeah. all, plays a conductor in Tales of the Crypt Keeper. Really? Tales, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, sorry. Way to get typecast. And then he was on Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask 2, as a shopkeeper. And his most important role, sir, mm -hmm. is in Phantom of the Megaplex, the Disney Channel original movie, one of the best ones to ever exist. Yes. He played Mr. Niedermeyer, who was the owner of the cinemas or whatever that everybody was trying to clean up the cinema for. And... There was some kind of prankster trying to ruin the cinema before Mr. Niedermeyer gets there and mess up the whole event. It was such a good movie. And and there's a phantom in the, in the Megaplex, and it's causing terror. We're going to review it once again <laughs> we have when to Rip does what I want. We have to because your boy Tucker's in this movie. Tucker? Yeah, he's in this movie. In what movie? Phantom of the Megaplex. Tucker is not in Phantom of the He's Megaplex. He's in Phantom of the Megaplex. Tucker. Tucker, yes. R. Tucker. Daniel DeSanto. Yeah. Is in Phantom of the Megaplex. Yes. Are right, watching it tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember him. I'm thinking of the characters from that movie because I watched it a million times. And I can remember one of the workers. And he was like a side character. But he looks like Tucker, but a little bit older. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, we're definitely watching that to see Tucker in action. Yeah. All right. And to see if it holds up and see if Rip likes it because I obviously love it because of nostalgia. So, damn, that's so crazy. How did Rip <laughs> school me on that? <laughs> so, Gary puts out the midnight fire with the midnight bucket containing the midnight water. And that was the midnight after... water comprised of midnight tears <laughs> from the surrounding fans of of Frank. So Frank this is after Frank says that Tim learned about two kinds of magic. Train magic and the kind of magic that happens between brothers and friends. What a good way to go out, Frank. The mm -hmm. end. And um Gary puts out the fire, and as they're walking away, everybody's all nice, but you just see Tucker and Frank and, like, the screen, like, as they're walking off, you just see Frank mouth something to, like, Tucker, like, you mother... F like, Tucker <laughs> said something in the background. Tucker got him fired or something. <laughs> so, that was cool. But anyway, that was the story. I liked it. We poked a lot of holes in it, but it's just fun to do that sometimes, but it was good. I liked it. You liked it, Jumbie? Mm -hmm. I liked it as well. It's a bittersweet end to Frank. He did a great job. One of the best storytellers there ever was, and he's gone now. You know what? May it... he rest in the living world because he didn't die. It it does kind of remind me of the Phantom Cab a little bit because it did involve two brothers. Um, it does. It's a nice circle. It's a vehicle that disappears, but I think that and the, and the crazy driver, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
maybe Dr. Vink should have been in this. And he's like, he corrupted the conductor. But anyway. Yeah, that would have been cool. In one last time, but. All right. So let's predict the next episode. You ready for this, Jumbie? Yeah. I won't. We won't predict who says it because this episode has the um, the new the the Frank's replacement telling the story. Hmm. But the it's called the tale of the dead man's float. The tale of the dead man's float. The tale of the dead man's float. I feel like I've seen this one recently, but I can't remember what it's about. I'm going to assume it's told by a new person, though, since Frank's come. Yeah, okay. Tale of the Dead Man's Float. I just, every time I hear it, that title, I just think of Pennywise. (laughs) We all float. We all float. Um, Down here. You'll float too. You'll float too. You know what? Oh my God. I know who it is. He plays like the rude. Um, there's like a love triangle in Phantom of the Megaplex, <laughs> and that's who he is. But he's so much older; he looks like a man. Oh my god! I guess we don't. Have I to can't believe it. I know Tucker. <laughs> no, yes we do. Yes we do. I need to see it. I need to see Tucker as an adult acting, and so do you. You need to tell everyone it's I good saw, as well. I saw him in Half Baked. I'm good. <laughs> Come on, you gotta watch it. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna watch it in a really wholesome month, like uh. What's a wholesome month? March? Everybody's happy in March. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so um, Dead Man's Float, I think it's about a body of water and like a corpse coming back. Kind of like the Cutter's Treasure, but like not as piratey. Mm. I think the Dead Man's Float is about, yeah, a, a kid who dies. Mm. In like I don't know a, and, a watery setting, and, and that's it. And, 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 it's, and don't think Are You Afraid of the Dark won't do this because they've done it. Yeah, Tail of the Red Bicycle. <laughs> it's gonna be you know what? In my mind, I was thinking of the Tail of the Red Bicycle. <laughs> it's gonna be the Tail of the Red Bicycle, basically but all like, over again. Instead of helping him, it'll be like coming after him. Yeah. All right. Well. With all that being said, any last words, Jumbie? Who is the Phantom of the Megaplex? Find out next time on Phantoms of the Silver Screen. Who is the Phantom of the Megaplex indeed? And with that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you love us because we love you. And hey, keep listening to us when you're bored. When you're doing something, washing dishes, just have us on. Why not? You need something to keep your dog entertained while you're out? Put us on there. Yeah. Hit hit the, you know, replay button so that it keeps going over and over. Do it. Yeah. yeah don't stop. We're really good with dogs. Sit. Good, good boy. boy.